Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to the Delicious Podcast with me, Julie Smith. And this week we're learning how to cook like Zoe Ajonia, whose journey through food into her own Ghanaian heritage has led to a new movement in West African cuisine. I joined her in her kitchen, where she was rolling balls of soaked black-eyed peas with chopped shallots and alligator peppers into a West African staple. So today we are making a cara fritters, so very popular street food snack in Sierra Leone, Nigeria, Ghana, kind of most of those countries have a version of this. Um, traditionally, it's just kind of beans, ginger, maybe some pepper in there, in a flour coating, Bob's your uncle, Fanny's your fritter. However, we're doing a version um, that gives it a little bit more, I think, a bit more texture, makes it a little bit more interesting. So we're adding some chopped okra in there chopped in a way that does not make it gooey and mucusy that yeah, scare people um, also some red onion uh, some ginger always uh, some Anaheim chilies what else a bit of coriander uh, some alligator peppers give a nice bouncy light alligator fragrance. peppers now alligator. where do people buy alligator peppers well they're very easy to find online I believe major supermarkets such as I won't name them but <laughs> I know that they stock them um, so it's super easy it's either grains of paradise there's a lovely story if you wikipedia that there's a very very nice story about where that name comes from um, and then um, it's either grains of paradise or alligator peppers but they're lovely and floral very good replacement for your bog standard black pepper Fantastic. if you want to yeah. change things lovely. up again and, and literally just put it all together chop them all so up easy. put it all together you can either use tinned or dry black eye beans obviously if you're using dry you need to um, soak them overnight if not you know open a tin it's fine um, a little bit of okra 100 grams maybe you know these are all things that aren't very difficult to get hold of yeah. these days chop it all together nicely uh, mix it together bind it with an egg if you're looking for a vegan version I would replace the egg with linseed oil which is a really good yeah. uh, binding agent yeah. actually yeah. Um, and then I use corn flour rather than plain flour to dust it and to, to help bring it all together because of the gluten because of gluten, yeah. I've Fantastic. got a lot of friends who've become gluten-free in the last 10 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and is it, okay? is it okay to do this kind of playing with the recipes? You know, one of the yeah. problems, and I know that you were particularly worried about cultural sensitivity when you first started many moons ago. Sure. I mean, but is it all right to mix things up? I mean, I think so, absolutely. Look, you know, I, you know, <laughs> I called it Zoe's Ghana Kitchen, not just out of vanity, but because I wanted people to understand that it was very personal interpretation and celebration of these flavours and ingredients, it was never meant to be, you know, what I do isn't meant to be, this is traditional Ghanaian food, this is how you do it, this is, I love this food and here's the reasons why, because it tastes amazing, it smells amazing, so many profiles in there. And I have built up 
the courage, I think, over... No, in the first couple of years, it was very scary feeding Ghanaians. Um, but now, more often than not, I know a lot more than them about the food and yeah. its heritage and its history. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, you do get purists who don't want things messed with, and I totally get that and I understand that. Um, but, you know, look, this is a time, I think, where we... I'm speaking for lots of people here at the same time, like the Queen... Uh, there is a generation of us who love our continent, love the countries in, in that continent, and want to celebrate it in new and interesting ways. And also, really, we want to keep that food alive and those recipes alive. Yeah. And, you know, it's that old thing of jollof. Everyone's mum cooks jollof differently. So my mum, my jollof is never going to be as good as your mum's because that's what you grew up eating. It's nostalgia yeah. that fills that flavour, yeah. right? Yeah, but I have complete licence to do interpretations and adaptations of those things because I know for a fact that every house does those things differently, yeah. you know. Did you get flack anyway? Of course, all the time. <laughs> well, not all the time, but sometimes, you know. The, 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 what's, hap- what's been happening recently, actually, because I make a vegan shito. So shito is a hot pepper sauce... Um, Lots of chilies, okay, loads and loads of chilies, very, very hot. It kind of it looks like sambal or something like that. And traditionally, it's made with smoked crayfish and prawns, which gives it this amazing extra depth and profile. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also do a vegan version, which obviously excludes that, those two things. Yeah. And people are like, well, that's not shito then. And then I'm like, well, actually, shito means hot pepper. Uh, There's no definition of shito that says it has to have those things. So if I combine all the ingredients together and exclude crayfish... Yeah it still tastes amazing and it's still a hot pepper sauce yeah. so it's still shito you know yeah, yeah. so yeah. there's a lot of that and you know some you know also there is a bit of a narrative around showing Ghanaians on the things they can do with their own ingredients sometimes you know it's like okay you've done this with a garden egg for 80 years but what about if you did something else with a garden yeah. egg it's still a garden egg it's still yeah, a Ghanaian yeah, yeah. ingredient um you know so yeah there's some challenges but that's what life's about isn't exactly it? So you've, you're rolling those into balls, and yep. you're going to fry them just in some what kind of oil? Uh, I use rapeseed, um, but you know, can you sunflower vegetable? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to be critical of that. Um, what I would say is, once you've made the balls, because the cooked beans, especially if you cook it, actually cooked beans and beans from a can tend to hold a lot of water. So yeah. you really do need to drain them well, because like, the beans will hold on to water. So if you're when you're adding your corn flour, I would also then just let them sit in the fridge for 20 minutes or so, mm-hmm. get them to chill together, mm-hmm. bind together, and then give okay. them a very, very light dusting of corn flour at the end. Yeah. And there's some great big vats here. What's in your vats? So my vats. My vats at the back. I've got... Um, so in here, I've made this, what I think is an excellent marinade for pork. This is literally a recipe that's been in development for probably three years because I keep changing it and adapting it but this is the one so in here you've got um, very very ripe plantain we've got super malt do you know what super malt is? so super malt is a very very popular malt based drink in West Africa Um, Horlicks it's got a Horlicks vibe (laughs) yeah (laughs) Uh, and then we've got lots of ginger I've got some roasted pork bones in there Uh, I've got grains of no I've got grains of salem in there which is slightly different um, shall I, do you want to taste or see those? Yeah. Okay, grab those. Wow. Smell that. It smells like when you walk into um, a massage aromatherapy. It does. Like it that. does. And, and then in this other vat, we've got um, my latest and final version, I've decided, of ground nut. <laughs> and in fact, this is what started you on your journey as a, as a cook, really, because yeah. you were making the ground nut soup that your father used to make. And for your friends. Yeah. And people loved it, and they kept encouraging you to make it. And, and so you started doing that to fund your... 
MA in creative writing. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a bit of a weird little story, isn't it? I mean, basically, my, yes, groundnut soup is the dish of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I will forever love that, and it will be the last thing I eat before I die if I have a choice. And, I, you know, I kind of got my friends in love with it as a kid. I was cooking it for them. Then as a you know, young adult and then dinner parties, it was a dish that everybody wanted me to cook all the time, which actually got me annoyed because I was like, oh, I don't want to cook that. <laughs> but um, that was a dish that I cooked at Hackney Wicked. And then off the popularity of that, of course, came the supper clubs and the pop-ups. And then it made me money while I was doing my MA in creative writing right. at Goldsmiths. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it's, yeah. But it was, it was the groundnut soup that your father used to make amongst many other Ghanaian dishes. And you didn't ever get taught to, to cook that no. by him until you were about 10 and you just demanded. Yeah. So you all that time you were kind of looking at all the the vegetables and the stuff that your father was bringing back from the market mm-hmm. and and getting that sense of being you know from somewhere that you couldn't quite remember but what i'm really interested in is the fact that although you were born in essex and you were born in an un, uh, in an unmarried mother's home in the 1970s you, <laughs> you then went to ghana just for a little while to live yeah. with your grandmother mm-hmm. and i just have this idea of little zoe toddling about oh, fat baby <laughs> smelling <laughs> all the smells of Accra, suburban Accra, yeah. and that kind of being the s- the smellscape yeah. of your I mean, life. It sounds lovely and romantic, doesn't it? I wish I could <laughs> fully remember it. I mean, yeah, so I was in Ghana, I was in Accra from about 18 months, I think, for about a year. Well, maybe younger. I mean, what I do know is I learned to walk there, I learned to talk there. Um, my grandmother recalls me having a very fat bottom. Uh, she said... She called me a foo-foo baby because I used to love eating foo-foo non-stop. Um, so, you know, definitely in those formative years, as we know, it, it really has an influence yeah, really on uh, who you become later on in life and what sparks your interest yeah. and what evokes nostalgia and memory for you. So definitely clearly informed my palate. And then there was this huge break um, in that connection and then being reconnected with my dad. And um, But, yeah, dad was very kind of selfish about his going-home moments with food. So. Yeah. It took a lot of poking and prodding. Yeah, and I love that idea of food and identity. And you used food to kind of find out your place in your London world, uh, being half Irish, half Ghanaian. And you then set about sort of you started writing the memoir of your father didn't you that was the first thing that's what led on to zoe's ghana kitchen to sort of find out who you were through him through his food so where the story starts really is because yeah yeah, i started an ma because i felt that there was this big uh, it should i should preface this with the fact that my dad is a very laconic man still is to this day very interesting mysterious character in my childhood um kind of still is to be honest (laughs) (laughs) um and so I was doing this MA and I had all these stories I wanted to write about my dad and I was building them into a collection of a memoir. But yeah, so one of my tutors said to me that all of my my year were aware that I was doing Ghana Kitchen on the side to fund the MA because they were all coming to all the supper clubs as I've <laughs> seen bits about it in the press. Anyway, my tutor said to me, do you know, because the problem with my story was it was very unfinished. Like I didn't really know where I was going to, to land and the ending. And um, he, he brought out he shone a light to me that there was lots of anthems around food in that narrative and he said maybe you should focus on Ghana Kitchen well first of all he said do you want to be a stand-up I think you'd be good at it (laughs) secondly he said you know maybe you should focus on the food and the food will bring out the rest of the story for you and you know he ended up being right because you know I focused on the food after the MA um, to the exclusion of writing and you know momentum built around what I was doing and I I got to understand my own narrative around the food and like okay what is it I want to say and what was it I want to share about this 
Um, how has it informed me as a person? How am I growing through this process? Yeah. So, you know, loads yeah. of things came no, out No, absolutely, that. because food, of course, and every recipe is a story in itself, isn't exactly, it? Yeah. And the way that you take it from wherever it came from, you look at the, you strip it back to find out all the ingredients, and then you start playing with it and, yeah. and passing it on. It's a story in itself. It's 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 a metaphor. Well, it's a journey, life, isn't it? Yeah. 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 I mean, it's like, and that's another reason to keep adapting and interpreting these recipes is to keep them alive, essentially. Yeah. Because if they all died with everyone's grandmothers, then the world would not have the benefit and beauty of all these recipes. Well, and exactly. But it's it's very important in Britain because although we've you know we've done that story with Indian food, with Bangladeshi food, with Vietnamese food, Korean, Japanese. I mean, absolutely everything. It's really you who brought out West African food. You you told that story. You you, you kind of wrote it present, and people came out of the woodwork yeah. and joined this really interesting movement. So that West African food is now a thing. It is a big thing. Yeah, um, still not quite as big as it should be. Um, You've got but, work. To do. Yeah, there's still work to do. But yeah, you know, I've been very proud of all of the people that have approached me and said, you know, thank you so much for being an inspiration for me to start my business. And there have been so many of those people, um, whether it's Nims Din or Chuka's Lounge or uh, Tukombu's Kitchen, uh, other people, See Your Sundays, I Go Chop, da da da, yeah. 805. There's, and some of them are very established, but have been very, um, I guess, proud of the, the voice I'm giving to the, yeah. the food, finally. Yeah. And you are a storyteller. You know, your MA was in creative writing. You always wanted to be a writer, didn't I you? You wanted yeah. to be Hemingway, didn't you? I still do. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a powerful thing. That's what's really important about yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, the, the importance of story around food, especially when you're trying to get people to understand this kind of food and... Uh, redirect them from any false narratives they had about it before it really is about you know I felt like I had to make it very personal so that people could get to understand why you know why I cook why I cook this food and why I want to share it and get people to learn about it Um, and I think now lots of young or or there's definitely a generation of people who are doing that not just here in the UK but loads of people like Kiss Cravings in the States Maria Bradford actually based up north she's doing like amazing plates of food with West African ingredients Mm. Um, and Ikoyi's had some influence in that as well, you know, the fine dining, the more fine dining element of stuff. Yeah. And, you know, this is a great time, but I don't really want the momentum to kind of just drift away, which is why I had such a problem with this idea of it being a trend. But look, there's lots to celebrate, but there's still lots to do, because while we have um, a narrative out there about, yes, we exist in terms of we create this amazing food from this continent... Um, there would, I would still personally like to see much more representation of those voices in the food industry, you know. Now, is it time to get those little balls out of the fridge? I think so, yeah. So this is rapeseed oil. Okay. Uh, you don't have to, I mean, sunflower and vegetable work equally as well. Yeah. And obviously you want your oil at about, if you have the, the appropriate kind of thermometer, it wants to be around 160. Okay. Uh, well, what we're aiming for here is a nice golden outside, brownie golden outside, and obviously cooked all the way through. Um, none of the ingredients in here will kill you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But like but, falafel, I mean, we're yeah. cooking, you know, this, it's, it's exactly the same. What, two or three minutes? Which should be, it should be two or three minutes, yeah. And then, yeah, so on the side, I should very quickly just finish off this salsa we're doing. So, so you're going to do a little salsa here. So in this bowl, we have some uh, vine cherry tomatoes, some coriander, some red onions, some garlic, so lots of similar things. Tomatoes, um, and I've got a little bit of guava in there to just sweeten it up. Wow. And for some extra heat, I'm going to put in half a scotch bonnet. I'm going to take out the seeds and the pith because 
Now, Scotch bonnet does appear in quite a lot of your recipes. And, oh, and, I love and, it. And it's the, the really hot one, yeah? Yeah, it is pretty hot. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you don't... I always say, look, all spices should be to taste, you know. Yeah. If you don't like super hot things, there's no rule that says Ghanaian or West African food has to be hot, despite what people would like to think. Yeah. So if you don't like super hot things, then you can use a different type of chilli, it's a bit more milder, or exclude chilli if you want. Yeah. yeah. It's, up yeah. To you. it's just a salsa. Just play around but with I like it. to have a little bit more mm-hmm. crunch in mine. So I'm just going to add that scotch bonnet. Okay. Don't worry, my eyes are on the pan at the back there, I can see okay. what's happening. Good. Give that a squeeze. Get the juices going. The lime juice. Smells already absolutely amazing. Salt. Pink Himalayan salt. Fancy. See that nice guava gives it a little. It gives it two things: a little pop. Yeah. But also nice, a little bit of sweetness. Use a smaller knife. You could make these akari into bean burgers because we do that sometimes. Yeah. Nice. It's a really great vegan burger. Yeah. Part of the success of lots of ethnic minority cuisines is the rise of veganism. Actually, you know, African food is largely vegetarian, if not vegan, because meat was just too expensive sometimes, isn't it? Well, that's what people don't get is like, you know, there has been this assumption that it's very, very meat heavy diet and all these things. I mean, even I had that misconception before I went to Ghana on the ground myself for the first time because my dad was a big meat eater. But um, it didn't take me long to realise, oh my goodness, there's so much beautiful veg and vegetables and most people aren't eating meat every day because, yeah, it's expensive. Um, I mean, we have this problem in Ghana right now that, I think I'm going to call it a problem, other people might disagree, but, you know, you have this flooding of chicken into the market from China which is not very good quality, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and there's lots of problems with that, outside of the whole issue of sustainability, of course. But, you know, it's not something that people are normally eating every day. Yeah. Um, so, yes, there are lots of vegan yeah. and vegetarian dishes in the world. Looks glorious. Smells so, glorious. Hmm. just going to chuck some uh, plantain in. Fried plantain. Fried plantain. plantain. So simple, so delicious. You are lucky. I don't, they don't sell it in my Waitrose in Lewis. <laughs> Do you know, I was, just, I was in Brighton the other week, and there used to be this amazing store in Brighton called Taj. There at is. the bottom There of is still. I'm down every weekend. So that's all bubbling away. We're just about to take it out. You've added those fried plantain, um, and we're going to plate it up and eat it up. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Julie. Always a pleasure. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Delicious Podcast. And you can see that recipe for Zoe's Akara, as well as where to get some of those ingredients online. Just check out the link on the podcast page at deliciousmagazine.co.uk slash stories slash podcasts. And that's where you can find all the other podcasts in the Delicious Archive. I'll be back next week with food writer Pete Brown, whose new book, Pie Fidelity, tells a patriotic story of British food.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm-hmm. 